Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And when I was doing Monday Night Football, Mike McCarthy was the coach of the Packers. And in one of those pregame sessions a day before, two days before, Mike McCarthy began to talk about something. And I asked him a question about jobs he'd had before he was the football coach. His favorite job was he was a toll taker on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. What? It's his favorite job. He said that at 3 in the morning and 4 in the morning, naked people would be in cars, dropping money out of the side into the toll booth. Yeah, he loved it. It's great. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. That's a true fact. We'll get to the open of the show in a little while. We have some guests to begin the show with. James Carville was 2-1 in the first week. That's very good and took last week off because he had political things to do, but he's back with us. James, 2-1 and one is a very good start. You had two college games and a pro game or three college games. I'm not, I don't even remember at this point. I don't either. <laughs> okay, good. There's a lot of bets between, between, <laughs> That's a lot of good. between here and there to say in the pool hall. <laughs> all right. So who do, what have you got for us this week? What are your bets? All right, I got a bunch. Uh, uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin, they're playing the, in Chicago. I, I love these kind of games. Out of I wish college football would do more of that. Uh, and Notre Dame's a six-and-a-half-point dog. I'm going to go to a dog. All right. Another... Neutral site, really good game. Is A&M in Arkansas playing in Jerry's World? Uh, yeah. I had the line at five and a half. Arkansas dog. I'm going to go dog again. Uh, Tennessee travels to Florida to play in the swamp, and they're getting 19 and a half. Woo, woo. Another dog. <laughs> I mean, Florida's good. But they, I had Alabama last week. Uh, well, it was plus a gazillion, and it, yeah. it it looked like I was at like fourteen and a half, and we were up twenty one to three. And Florida liked to beat them, so I, I I figured they'd give everything they had in that Alabama game. And nineteen has a lot of points. So I'll take them. So you think you think it's a letdown game, even though you think Florida will win, they'll let down a little bit, and you'll take yeah. the points. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's just okay. such such an emotional game to come back. Behind almost beat Alabama. That's going to take a lot yep. out of you. Uh, the Chargers go to KC. They're getting six and a half. That That's too many. I'll, t- I'll take another dog. The Chargers are not that bad. In Kansas City's, I mean, they're good. They'll probably get better, but they they, they got some glitches in their system right now. Uh, the, the Chargers have a great quarterback. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback, yeah. and they got robbed in that game last week. Yeah. They got robbed. They should have won that game. So, me, that's me saying. Yes. Uh, they should have. And uh, Tampa Bay goes to L.A. to play the Rams, and they're actually getting a point. Uh, just kind of hard for me to see giving Tom Brady anything. So, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to take this. The slight, ever so slight favorite. Yeah, although the Rams are very good. It should be a really good game. So here's this is an interesting thing. There was tremendous movement on this line. The the Bucks opened up plus one. Within 24 hours, they were minus two and a half. There was a three and a half point swing. Then it went down. I thought to one and a half. I thought the Rams were getting one and a half. But you, where if you see a line where Tampa Bay's getting one, I would take that too. Yeah, I mean, that's the line I saw. But I got okay. this guy, T-Boy Latchley, who lives in the Chapalaya Swamp. 
Yeah. He, he, he's out, he, I don't think he, he might. He's never been to a doctor. But all he does is crack, fish, and handicap football. The T-Boy right. told me to jump on him there. Okay, and then so we'll got, take uh, his line. Okay, and then uh, the Packers uh, go to San Francisco, and they get yes. in three and a half. This is a dangerous one because the Saints, when the Saints played them in Jacksonville, that's the most perfect game I might have ever seen an NFL team play. Saints of course, it looked yeah. horrible against Carolina, and I, I don't yep. think that's the real Packers. And I, I think three and a half in San Francisco is that's that's giving Green Bay too much. So I'm gonna take okay. Green Bay. So that's that's uh, six games. Is that you're giving us that's six? Six games. That's bold, well, James. That's came bold. With, he came with a lot of games this time. Yeah, I, I love this guy who's never been to a doctor. <laughs> love this. Oh guy. no, he don't. He, he comes in for groceries, like in, in, in Pierre Park, once a week. That's it. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. We'll he talk to you next week. Shit. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> James Carville is just spectacular. <laughs> Even when he curses, it's simply spectacular. Is Jeff Ma with us now? Or are we, we going to probably get getting, getting him in, in, in moments? I would okay, think. so I can open the show. Yeah, I've got to. I've got to talk about this. Yeah, the the RV is gone. It's gone. It left in the middle of the night last night. I was now, ready to get to work. I, it, <laughs> it left in the middle of the night. I woke up this morning. I walked outside. It was gone. Now let me tell you the uh, some of the backstory here. Not all of the backstory, but some of the backstory. I got a call back from Matt at my council uh, member's oh, okay office. I explained to Matt exactly what I had said before when I left the note, and he said they were going to get. They were going to get the, not the Department of Public Works, but there's a parking enforcement group in the, in the District of Columbia. And he was going to see if those people could look at this. He said it's possible that it's legal and it's possible that it's not legal. My big victory in this was that they called me back. I was, back. I was yeah. very happy Systems about working. that. Yes. Right. Um, uh, Janice Lewis-George is, is the Ward 4 rep. And Matt in her office called me back. Now, I don't know what else happened because he didn't call since then. I don't know. But at 6.15 this morning, that thing was gone. <laughs> and again, that was 40 feet of trouble. Yeah. And it's been there for 10 days. And it was gone this morning. I don't know if the parking people came in and took it out. I don't know. But, it's but when I went gone. to bed last night... It was parked, and when I woke up this morning, it was gone. And somebody waited for the cover of darkness. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. I understand we have a bunch of emails about it. Yeah, a couple. Most of which are good, and then some guy wrote in, why are you wasting time with this? And, and my feeling is, why are you listening? What, what are you listening are you for? Familiar with this the is the part of my street where we have dead men. <laughs> you know, we have rent-a-cars and dead men, and now we have a 40-foot RV. Yeah. If, why are you listening? If this isn't what you want, go somewhere else. Now, Nigel, where were you between the hours of 2 and, say, 5 a.m.? No comment. Wow. No comment. But it's taken care of, isn't it? How about Carville? That was great. Six, Six games. games. Yeah. And he, he's, he's got Tampa Bay getting one <laughs> because some guy in a swamp says so. Now, I will point this out. Trapping, hunting, when he sent me the lines, football. I think he, ha he sent me a, a photograph of his, of his picks that has Tampa get giving one. 
And then somehow he's flipped that. But we give it to him because we love James. We love, we love Carmen. Right. So we get, he gets the lines Is he Jeff wants. Mar going to be with us? Jeff is on is the Jeff line, I believe. Yes. Jeff, it's great to be able to follow Carville because nothing Carville <laughs> says makes any sense. Jeff, of course, does bet the process. Jeff had a good week last week. Jeff was 4-1 and one and could have been 5-0 and oh if not for the Tampa Bay, the, the two interceptions and pick sixes. Late in the game. So Jeff is 7-3 and three overall. Before we get to the picks, home field with fans, is that, is that a, a real big deal in your mind? Because, I mean, now, last year there was no home field because there were no fans. What is home field now in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something we're all trying to figure out. Um, one of the things that's kind of fascinating about home field is that historically – there's been a lot of work trying to figure out what is the reason, right? There is travel. There is a uh, difference in, in time zones. I think one of the biggest things that people think now is it's really around sleep. It's around disrupting sleep schedules and, and things like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but circadian rhythms and sort of when the body is, is at peak efficiency. Yeah. And so what you find is like teams that go, we'll see this in the, in the London game, the teams that just show up in London, they are not going to perform well. The teams that go early are, are much better acclimated. So um, we're only two weeks in, and obviously it'll be interesting to look at the two uh, sort of seasons side by side. So it's hard to know right now, but it does seem uh, somewhat like there's a little bit more home field like there was last year. But again, it's a very small sample size. And one of the things that's happened with home field as travel has gotten better, meaning like all of these teams are flying private, college teams are flying, um, you know, much traveling much more effectively and, and much more comfortably. Home field has just diminished over the years. So that that is one testament that it isn't really just the fans. Uh, traditionally, all of these teams for a Sunday game fly out on Friday. I've always sort of wondered if you're going three time zones. Why don't you fly out on Wednesday just for exactly what you're saying to acclimate yourself to a three time zone change? But nobody does that. Yeah, and, and I think it's probably because they're just comfortable with practicing in their own facility and going through their normal routine. And but but I agree with you, Tony. I think it would make a big difference if they were able to get you know to these time zones yeah. earlier and acclimate their bodies. All right, give us the games you got, Jeff. So we'll start with that Atlanta team. Um, we're going to go back to them. I, I agree with you, Tony. You know, it's 28-25, two picks six later. It's, it's a blowout, and it looks way worse than it is. And, and even in the first half, Atlanta had uh, turnovers. So I, I do think that, you know, this, this line, which opened at the Giants minus three and a half, and is now down to two and a half in some spots. But I, I think we can probably just take it comfortably at three. I'm going to take Atlanta plus three. Okay. What else? I'm going to take New England minus the two and a half. This was a game, you know, ultimately one of the things that you see in week three is there's, there's sort of like this, you know, overreaction or, or general change in what people think. And, and New England is definitely a, a, a team that people are buying into. This was, this has already been bet up a bit. It opened much lower. And, and I do think that, um, and this is one where I'm kind of buying the hype. Like I think that I'm buying into New England being a much better team than they were last year because of all the people that they've gotten back from COVID and because of the quarterback upgrade. And I'm also sure that Jameis Winston, who crashed to earth last week, he and Jalen Hurts, I mean, I think that's part of it too, right? 
I mean, New Orleans looked great in their opener, and then were terrible. They were terrible. Yeah, they looked great, and, and he threw for, I think, what, five touchdowns or something, but he only threw for 150 yards, so it was a, it was a little bit misleading. And ultimately, again, yeah, I, I, what we have to try to do in all of these early early season situations is, is not overreact, right? And, and overreacting in week one to week two is why we've been on Carolina um, against New Orleans last week. In this situation, I just think that New England at home is, you know, I just think they're a better team than New Orleans this year. And at home, they should be giving more than three. Okay. All right. What else? I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus the three here against Cincinnati. I think, you know, Joe Burrow's struggle um, coming back from injury and, and sort of being pretty early in his career. I mean, I, I, I hoping for a bounce back here from, from Big Ben, who has not played particularly well this year. I do think Pittsburgh's defense is strong, and at home, um, again, like giving only three points, I like them here. Okay. And then I'm going to take Miami uh, plus the, I think, four, we'll say, uh, against Las Vegas. If this you know game had been played uh, in week one, the line would be much closer to even. Obviously, a lot of people are excited about what um, Las Vegas has been able to do this year, and, and it's been certainly impressive offensively. Carr has looked great, and they've been able to sort of get the ball downfield yes. to these yes. talented young receivers. Um, but I think Miami's secondary is, is very strong and, and will give uh, force Carr into some turnovers, which I think ultimately um, will lead to Miami being able to keep this game close, if not win this game outright. I'm going to do some pushback here. Miami got killed at Buffalo. They scored no points. They lost their starting quarterback. They have uh, Brissett in there now because Tua can't play and they got beat 35 nothing, and you want them with four? Yeah, I mean again, like the difference between Brissett and Tua, obviously when, when quarterbacks kind of get thrust into situations um, without having that week of preparation, they always tend to look much worse than they do the next week when they've had a full week of preparation and okay. you know, I do think Buffalo just kind of has Miami's number to some degree, like last year when Miami needed a win for the playoffs, Buffalo beat them, you know, blew them out also. So, uh, again, it's one of those things that, that it could be a little bit misleading for what for ultimately who Miami is as a team. Okay, one more for us? Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas uh, minus, uh, I guess, the four against Philly on Monday night. Um, offensively, I think Dallas is just incredibly strong and in coming back home against the Philly team, which um, played well against San Francisco, but the score ultimately didn't indicate that they played pretty well. Um, they played well at times and struggled, seemed to struggle offensively. So I just think Dallas is going to outscore them here because of you know that high-powered power, offense coming back home on a Monday night. It just lines up well for Dallas, I think. Philadelphia hardly got any points at all last week. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott has had two weeks of showing us, Jeff, that he's a, he's a top-drawer quarterback. He is, right? You would think so. I do. Yeah, I mean, I think going into that week one, everyone was concerned about his injuries and the way they were kind of babying him through the preseason. But with that collection of wide receivers that he has and the, the talent he has, yeah. he, he, is, he is an elite quarterback, and I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards this year. And I think this Philly game is, is one that lines up well for him. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. People Thanks, can, can access Bet the Process with Jeff and Rufus, and they can get much more detail, and they can get more games than this. And we wish Jeff luck, because 4-1 and one is a big week. It's a great week. It's 7-3 and three overall. You're already making money. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you next week.
And I guess he's gone. Oh, he's gone. I guess he is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we will take a break and Chuck Culpepper when we return live from uh, the Ryder Cup in Whistling Straits. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Plants to Porch ad. Oh, yeah. I am looking now at flowers from Plants to Porch in my living room that look so good that you would think that they were real plants. You would think they were white orchids. They're, the, they're that beautiful. Remember when it was the middle of the summer and you lost the battle with your house plants waving the white flag as they perished in the heat? Or perhaps you have a barren corner of living room or office that desperately needs more vibrancy? Maybe you have a podcast and you're on the verge of going back to your recording studio full-time and you could use some furnishing. <laughs> you need to go to plants2porch.com. Plants to Porch is a family-owned business with 35 years in the faux florals and silk tree industry, removing the middleman and going straight to the consumer. I should say that they are in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, yes. Not in Lexington, Kentucky. They're in Louisville, and they're friends with Pat Forty. I believe so, yes. Pat Forty is pals with the people that do Plants (laughs) to Porch. It's a beautiful way to give your home a a fresh breath of life. The ones I got are beautiful, and the ones that Michael has stolen from me and are bringing to, supposed to know about. Yeah, that. bringing to his new house are like gigantic and beautiful. <laughs> Go to plants2porch.com. Enter the code Tony K at checkout to get twenty percent off your first order. That's plants to porch p l a n t s t o two porch.com and use the promo code Tony K at checkout to get twenty percent off. Use the code, people. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Bridget Artman. This is called Never Bored. Her father writes, My daughter Bridget started her love of music by singing Tony's Mailbag in her car seat. (laughs) She's now 19 and has just released her first single, Never Bored. It's available on all streaming platforms. The notion that we could have helped someone (laughs) have a career through singing the mailbag and then branching out. Yeah, sets the bar pretty high for the hammer. Yes, it does. Bridget Artman, thanks to Bob Artman for sending this in. Never Bored by Bridget Artman, available on all streaming platforms. And she plays in Chuck Culpepper, who at this moment, because when you hear this, it'll still be the same day, at this moment is wandering around Whistling Straits, um, which is not technically in Kohler, Wisconsin, because it's about 10 or 12 miles away and right on the shore of, is it Lake Michigan, Chuck? It's Lake Michigan, isn't it? That's the big lake there? It is Lake Michigan, yes. Okay, so Chuck is there for the Ryder Cup, and, and I think the first question that anybody would have would be temperature and weather right now in Wisconsin. What, is it, what does it feel like and look like? I went out and bought all these clothes that I thought I'd need because I was scared of it in the early, you know, the early morning and the, the cold, yeah. and it's 52 degrees and just absolutely pristine. Yesterday... The lake was wavy as it gets sometimes, the big lake. And yeah. uh, today I looked out there and it's just doing nothing. So so Michael and I, I played, we played them all. There are four courses, you know, in the complex and we played them all. And obviously Whistling Straits is the grandest of them all. Michael, you loved it, right? I mean, it was, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. You know, I, I mean. And an ever-growing complex. They have a new short course, new putting green, I believe. 
It's just, it's, it's a great place to do this. There is this notion, and I, th- I talked about this, Chuck, yesterday on PTI, however briefly, that it's a European course that suddenly found its way into America as if this would help the Europeans. My reaction to that was, almost all the Europeans play here full time. I mean, you know, they play here. These are the courses that they're used to. Have you heard anything? Is that considered to be a real fact that, that it's advantageous to the Europeans? I've listened to so many uh, players and former players and, and, and experts and people who follow the game all the time this week that I don't have no idea what's going on, really. But um, <laughs> I, do, I do hear that somewhat. It seems to be kind of an, a, um, maybe a minority opinion, you know, that, uh, that, it's, a, that it's a European course. Um, and, you know, the, it, it's also the last when they had the PGA here in 2015, there were 16 players who finished uh, double digit under par, and, and uh, Jason Day won it at 20 under. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be the same now. Of course, there's, there's several differences in another month in the year, but has gone by in the year for this as opposed to yeah. that. But, but it's just, you know, uh, I think it was, uh, it was Xander maybe, or, or it was Rory, I think, who said, I see an American course when I, when I see it. You know, it's, I, I see it, some people see a European course, some people see an American course. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, I just thought it was a beautiful course. Let me get to the thing I think that interests me most and might interest the casual golf fan most, which is the Shambo and Kepka. Have they yet gotten in a fist fight? What is the status of their relationship? And is there any chance at all that Steve Stricker will say, play together and get out of my life? I would say on the last one, no. And I would say on the, the, other, the other ones, um, they have not had a fist fight. It would, it would really help the ratings of the event, I think, if they could <laughs> pull that off, because the, the whole thing has occasionally seemed manufactured to me, but maybe that's wrong. So I think, um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's interesting that I, I just don't know if Stricker is the type to, uh, to put them together it would be something. Stricker, am I wrong on this? Is Stricker a cheesehead himself? Is he from Wisconsin? He and Jerry Kelly from Wisconsin, right? Yes, he is from Wisconsin, and when the when the U.S. Open was in Aaron Hills, out in the middle of the state in 2017, you know that meant a lot to him, and this means even more, I think. And he he's from Wisconsin, but strangely announced last night in the opening ceremony that he's a Bears fan. So I don't know really? how that we not a Pack those, fan. Yeah, we always knew those kids in school, you know, who who everybody in the class. Uh, cheered for one team, and it was so annoying that the kids would choose another. I don't know if that's what happened in his case. I know when when I was growing up, everybody supported Washington, so I I went and picked another team I couldn't stand to just join the the whole throng. So uh, so you know he I, I don't know if he's that type, but it did sort of ask for an entire new story that won't get done this week. But but how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me get back to Kepka and uh, and DeChambeau for a second. There was, in my family, there is a suspicion that they're going to come out of this doing commercials together or doing something together, and they're going to, you know, go for the money that the PGA is now offering to people who are the more popular golfers. Do you have any sense 
that there is a plan here for the two of them to enrich themselves? I have no sense of it, but I believe the suspicion in your family is is based upon, you know, probably years of living in the United States and, <laughs> and knowledge and, and uh, wisdom, wisdom. I, because yeah. I, if that did happen, uh, my level of surprise, just for me, would be nil. So I'll ask, I'll um, ask one more question about Kepka, just because I, I'm, I, I, Kepka was quoted as saying, in essence, Look, we are individual athletes. We play individual sports for 51 weeks a year. And then they ask us to play in a team event like this, and it's just sort of different. And then he was dumped on by Paul Azinger, you know, wrapping himself in the flag. And Azinger said something like, oh, if you don't want to play, just get out of here. I thought what Ke- – and I'm not a Kepka fan. I'm not. I think he's the antagonist with, with DeChambeau. But I thought what Kepka said was perfectly reasonable. What are your thoughts about it? I agree completely, perfectly reasonable. And yesterday he was asked about it and said, you know, it was it was misconstrued. And often when people say that, you know, they're they're not being truthful. But I think it was absolutely misconstrued in Azinger's case. And you know, yeah. if you if you read the the quotes in Golf Digest, what he's saying is, you know, that all the year long. Okay, let's say I go to breakfast. I'm I'm a golfer. I go to breakfast. I come back from breakfast and I do my workout. I have this routine going that I that I do or I rest. You know, and for him rest is very important. You know, he talks about it. So here's this event where I go to breakfast or I go to whatever I do and I come back and I've got a team meeting. And then I've got maybe another team meeting. So that's why he's saying it's such an outlier to the yeah. rest of the the yes. event. It doesn't mean I don't want to play the thing. Oh, I, I, yes. I mean, I found myself agreeing with him. This is not like football, where your day is defined by meetings. It's not. You're, you're out there by yourself. You are dependent solely on yourself and your own rhythms, and this is a different deal. He didn't say, I hate this. He said, it's odd for me. And then Azinger, right. you know, right. wanted him decapitated. I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't. He said, um, go ahead. He said, he said there's that sign. On, he referred to that sign on the door in Paris. In 2018, at Ryder Cup in 2018, no caddies, you know, and and was, I think that was on the locker room door, and he just couldn't believe that, you know, what it what was the deal with that to him, you know, that didn't yeah. make any sense to him. I find myself agreeing with him. By the way, I I don't know how you feel about this. I know that it, there is a mythology about how the Europeans want this more than us, and in a close match, the Europeans will win. I think we should win, and I think we should win comfortably. I think we have most of the best golfers in the world. What do you think? I think I picked it 17-11 U.S. when somebody asked me. I think the home course has, keeps getting to be a bigger and bigger deal. I think, uh, you know, what is it, all 12 of the U.S. players are in the top. 13, I believe, or, or maybe 11 of them. It's, it's stacked rankings-wise to the U.S. I think the idea of having all these rookies is a fantastic idea. You know, no scars uh, just and just completely, you know, seeing it anew. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I really, really like the U.S. in this situation. And then, you know, when you start getting into that, uh, why does Europe win all the time? You, you know, you, you start uh, I don't getting into you, you, end, you wind up, you, you think about 
how people live on both the continents and how we're maybe we're more in our cars all the time and and separated from each other and maybe they're on mass transit and 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 you you start talking about universal health care and all that and then you're really into the weeds you know so <laughs> Just, I, yes absolutely yeah, don't, so don't these are golfers yeah, they all live in phoenix or florida yeah, <laughs> exactly. that? Exactly. come on right. that's craziness right, let me right. ask a couple of personal questions here the last time we talked you were finding events at the olympics that nobody else was allowed to go to but you for the washington <laughs> post uh, this is normally college football season for you. You're at the Ryder Cup. Uh, are you torn? Uh, you know, is there some big college football game where you say, "Ooh, I would normally be at that this week"? There, I am. There's one down the road at Soldier Field between Notre Dame and Wisconsin, and it remains slightly undecided as to whether I'll just drive down there and go to it and then come back here on Sunday. But I think. The thinking at this moment is that I will remain here and uh, and kind of follow that from my seat in the media tent at the golf. That's a pretty attractive game because Wisconsin is. is always good, and Notre Dame has gone to the fourth quarter in three straight games with the game in the balance. Right there, they they're three and zero, but they're a suspect three and zero to me. How about to you? Yes, they're a suspect three and zero, and they they. You know, when you have a quarterback who that the one they just had for who seemed to you know we always refer to those players in college football who seemed to have been at their place for ten years, he was that. And I think when you change from that, there's always going to be you know moments, especially in the early season, where you know you're just not you don't look smooth, you're just not moving it like you used to. Um, you know, they played what Florida State, Toledo, and Purdue, and all of them have been. You know, contentious into the fourth yes. quarter, and yes, and so sure, sure, we're uh, we're wondering about them. Yeah, and the quarterback for Notre Dame this year is a transfer from Wisconsin, right? And and so they're going to play each other. The coaching staff, I'm sure, believes that they know how to beat this kid, and I'm sure this kid wants to beat Wisconsin more than any team on the schedule. Wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely, on both fronts, and you know, I'm always intrigued by. What's going on in the film room? You know, what, what do they see? Why does, especially at the college level, and to some degree the NFL, but why do certain quarterbacks look great for a while and then and then stop looking great? And what have they found? What have they discovered that you know that where they can combat whatever this quarterback does or find his weakness? And and I, I would imagine that in the great college town of Madison, ranked number one on my college town list, that in those dark rooms they they maybe they don't need to do it as much this week but um they they probably already know what all those things are but you know they're they're plotting i agree with that i'll get back to the golf have you noticed any european fans there or is this is this mostly um, i'm sure it's mostly american but i thought what um, patrick harrington did in dressing them up in packers colors was was brilliant actually and i wondered if if you got any sense that the there are european fans there Gosh, Padraig, there's a guy who's who just seems to be great at life at every turn. Everything he does, his speech yesterday in the intro was beautiful. And so, but no, I get a sense of very, very few European fans. You know, you, this is the first Ryder Cup I've ever gone to. So you hear tell of, you know, Michigan in 2004 or Illinois in 2012, where you had a pretty good, you know, contingent 
maybe a little less so Louisville in 2008. But this one just seems because of the, you know, obvious global reasons of the moment that this one yeah. just seems that 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 smidgen will be a smaller smidgen and maybe a much smaller just a brilliant move by Harrington to put him in cheese heads. It just it was brilliant. I'll get you out of here on this. You've covered majors, and as you said, this is your first Ryder Cup. Do you have a, a different game plan to how to cover this? It, sometimes when you cover a major, the best place you can be is in the tent watching it on television because there's so many things going on in so many holes. This is not like that. The first two days certainly are not like that. There's only three or four groups out there at a time. How are you going to cover it? I'm planning to walk the entire course twice, you know, because of the separate separate rounds today. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, usually at a major, you're right, and I have this guilt about it every single time about, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to the, – the thing to do is to go sit in the tent because the first major I ever went to, you know, it was, it was in Troon, and Mark Kalkovecki, I believe it was, made this great chip in that helped him win the thing, get, get to a playoff and win the thing. And I was out all excited running around the course. And I still have never seen that chip in. You know, I should go to YouTube and watch it sometime. I still have never seen it. I heard about it that day. But, you know, that's the thing that you're trying to avoid when you sit in the tent all day. But here, the atmosphere is such an important part of the story that, you know, to go out twice, once in the morning to hear what that's like, and then once in the afternoon to hear what's that, what that is like after the sounds get a little different for the obvious reasons that they will get different, you know, when the taps start flowing. The great Dan Jenkins used to maybe walk the course on Thursday. As he got older, he didn't even do that. And then he would go to people like me on a Saturday and he tapped the the bench and he'd say sit right here son <laughs> this is how we're covering this tournament you sit right here you sit with me chuck enjoy yourself we'll talk to you i appreciate your time very much thank you so much tony thank you chuck culpepper always wonderful to have him we will take a break we will come back with jason lock and four that's right jason lock and four for the first time during the season this year that's correct we try to arrange it so we have fridays for jason i'm tony kornheiser this is the tony kornheiser show this is Simply Safe Ed. There's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Report names best home security system of 2021. This got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. We can finally find out what happened to that possum. I'd like to know in your backyard. It has an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard to see where the possums die. It has a 1080p HD resolution. You lost me on that. Lose me even more with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates Mm -hmm. to capture critical evidence. It makes everybody into Columbo, doesn't it? (laughs) It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up. Takes just minutes, has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet, and it can go anywhere on your property. You can walk around with this thing. Wow. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/tony. 
What's more Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's Simply Safe, S I M P L I, simplysafe.com slash Tony. Use code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Mardi Gras. They send us their songs from Rome. Not yeah. Rome, Georgia. <laughs> Not Rome, New York. Yeah. Rome, Italy. They've been called one of the seven European acts to watch for by Reader's Digest. I didn't even know Reader's Digest still was in existence. That's great. This is a single called Ginger Man. It's written by Mark Geary. It's from his first album, 33 and a Third Grand Street. It's based on the novel by J.P. Dunleavy. This is Mardi Gras. They're awfully good. They are. Nigel, if people like Mardi Gras want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Please send it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com and make sure it's your original work, not your mates or your friends or anything like that. Just uh, if you do, just send us with your permission. We'd love to play it. They play in Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports. Let's just start with the review of the week as far as I'm concerned. And the headline for me is Big Ups to Tennessee and Baltimore. I mean, they were looking yeah. at 0-2. And they, they really, those two teams, particularly Tennessee, because they were on the road, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Baltimore facing the, you know, their sort of out-of-division rival in a way that, remember for years, it seemed like they yes. always played New England in the regular season and the postseason, and occasionally beat them in Foxborough, but that was sort of their out-of-division rival. And Kansas City had got them the last three times. Um, including at home on a Monday night game last year, there were no fans. I, I would say the fans certainly made a difference in this one. But yeah, Tennessee, the game flow there, um, everything seemed to be going in the wrong direction. Derrick Henry, nine carries for 18 yards deep into the first half. Um, Russell Wilson uncorking those moon balls and, and picking up um, yards and points and bunches. And then the Ravens, uh, the early pick six, uh, the other interception, uh, yeah, Kansas yeah. City starting the second half with this drive in, in which it looked like nobody was playing defense to then go back up. I think it was 28-17 at the time. And you're thinking this they might get to 50. And, you know, both those teams really rallied in the second half and reestablished their physical um, punch-you-in-the-face mentality. And we're going to run the ball when you know we're running the ball. And we're going to execute it in a way that you can't stop it. And that, that really is what happened in both of those games. So it's, it's uh, kudos to you for lumping them together because I think that there are a lot of similarities in where those teams were and what they were getting away from and what they sort of reestablished. Um, and I think they're probably in a similar tier in the AFC. Uh, the difference for Baltimore, though, is I think the division. Well, I don't think. The division is definitely much better than the AFC South. And if the Titans take care of business against the Colts today, I'm sorry, today, Sunday, Sunday just yeah. start looking at the Colts' schedule moving forward. That would be an 0-3 that could spiral into much worse because I don't really love the way the schedule sets up for them. And this quarterback situation is not great. No, it's not. I mean, there are three teams – you know, that I will also lump together the Raiders, Denver, and Carolina, suspect teams with good records, obviously. And I, it's interesting because it's how your schedule works. Yeah. Indianapolis, that's the hardest open three mm -hmm. that I think anybody has had. And if you get to 0-3, and then God help you, if you're suddenly 1-4, you're yeah. almost gone at that point, right? 
Yeah, and I think they have the Browns coming up, and they come to Baltimore on a Monday night uh, in early October. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's fair to call that something close to a must-win game for Indianapolis. Um, and and they trouble me because I don't. They haven't gotten back to their identity running the football the way they did the second half of last year, and that offensive line is beat up. Um, they're, they're going to have to play somebody other than their first-choice quarterback this weekend from everything I gather. Uh, and the defense has been exposed. Uh, that's sort of an old-school, somewhat vanilla Tampa 2 defense that at the very least is going to keep you from getting yards and points and bunches. Well, guess what? I know they faced really good, you know, really good teams and really good quarterbacks, but, but they've given up. They've hemorrhaged big plays. Yeah. Um, no, I, so when I people agree. are getting behind their safeties, that's a problem because uh, they're not loaded with pass rushers and um, everybody's got to be super conscious of where they are and really be adherent to that scheme. So, yeah, I think there have to be some questions about the Colts. Um, Denver, I mean, those other teams you mentioned, though, I'm, 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 largely, I'm largely buying. And even without Bradley Chubb, I think Denver's defense is a real thing. Um, this McCaffrey injury is huge, and I have a hard time thinking that's not going to be um, a multi-week injury at this point, although we don't know for sure until he gets you know, MRI results. But that did not look good. I, I buy their defense completely, but Sam Darnold without McCaffrey and now DJ Moore limping around a little bit, all of a sudden the margins can get slim. But I, I still think that's a team that's going to win more games than they lose, and I am, I am buying the Raiders. The defense is better than people expected. The offense is for real. Let me get to something that I assume. We've had great games. We have opened with great, great games. If I look at one game on the schedule this week that I want to see, it's Tampa Bay at the Rams. Obviously, yeah. I think everybody wants to see that. Brady's better through two games than ever. and That, that yeah. doesn't strike me as sustainable, but maybe it does to you. Oh, jeez, I don't – with this cat, Tony, I, I, I think you throw out the norms and you, you just ride the wave with them. I, I, don't, I don't think it's out of the question that he has um, a top three, top five Tom Brady season because this wow. is one of the 44. top three or top five cast around him. And yeah. the other thing is the defense has not been – I mean, my, if you're going to make me pick nits with them – I'm going to say, well, where is that ferocious pass rush from last January? And the secondary was the one area you would look at on paper and say it's a little thin, and now they've already suffered some injuries there. So I think that the equation has changed a little bit because they're they're going to have to score a little more than I thought they were going to have to score to run away with some of these games. I mean, even Atlanta, I mean, that was a tale of three games, but there was a span of about ten minutes where Atlanta was absolutely taking it to them. And you're like, they can't, all of a sudden, they can't stop this offense that's done nothing all year. And then Brady steps on their neck and it ends up being a blowout. So if that's the kind of um, sort of pressure or, or that's where the tension's going to be with that team, that the defense now is a work in progress and the offense is the thing, whereas a year ago, right, it was they're being carried by the defense getting all these big that's plays. Right. But man, What's up with the offense? And then the offense clicked after the, the, the week 13 bye where, you know, Brady and, and Bruce Arians kind of figured out what's working and what's not. And, you know, it, it, it became kind of more of Tom's thing. So I, I don't know, Tone. I, I, this guy, I mean, I would say as long as he stays healthy, he's always healthy. It's a really good offensive line. He's got a multitude of different ways to beat you. 
Um, he's as savvy as ever. Gronk looks markedly better than a year ago. So I don't know. I like the Rams in this particular game. That's the romance I have with Matthew Stafford. I think that mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is tremendous. But this is a game I want to see. Who do you like in it right now? Ooh, I think it's a toss-up. Um, I guess I still lean Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I just think Tom Brady's going to be a real tough out. I mean, this was a guy who was getting punked on national TV the first three months of last season. Um, in big spots, in, in big windows, 425, you know, uh, primetime kickoffs. The Rams' um, run game, I mean, they continue to lose running backs. I'm a, I, I know that's not a premium position anymore, but I am a little bit worried about that. Um, and I just think Tom Brady can, can score really quickly now, and if this becomes a pinball football game. And I'm huge on Stafford and McVay, and I – would not surprise me. I think I, I might have picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I definitely had them winning that division. Definitely had them going pretty pretty far in the postseason. Actually, I think I had them losing to the Bucks in the in the championship game. So I wouldn't be shocked if they met again. Uh, but this just strikes me as uh, the kind of game that Tom Brady has circled and said, "Not this year. Uh, that's not that you yeah. might have got me last year. Not this year." Okay. Let me get the one other thing. The emphasis on taunting. Is this working? Is it working, or what are we likely to see? I mean, I think it, it depends who you talk to. Um, the coaches and, and um, you know, some of the owners certainly continue to uh, vouch for it and, and endorse it. Uh, I think the, the players, the fans, the media think it's kind of much ado about nothing and more trouble than it's worth. I don't get the sense, though, that the league office is going to back down from this anytime soon. Um, you know, the people who make the decisions in this league, the big decisions are the owners. And I don't hear any scuttlebutt about them calling Goodell and complaining about it. They're the ones who wanted it in the first place. So yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate much changing now. Is this one of these things, though, that quietly it's whispered at some point late in the season, like, okay, you know. Let's be let's be more judicious about what we call on that stuff because we're coming down the playoff stretch and you know we don't want to deal with the backlash. I mean that sometimes a point of emphasis gets uh, quietly de-emphasized at some point, but I I don't think we're close to that point yet. If we do get there, okay. Plug your radio show for us. Thank you, Tone. You can get more of this gobbledygook from. Oh, here we go. From two to six Eastern. We got barking dogs, dueling dogs here. As long as the Orioles are still playing, and we got one more week of that death march. Uh, Inside (laughs) access on one hundred five seven. The fan. You could listen on the Odyssey app, or you could stream it live at www. dot one hundred five seven thefan.com if you like fullbacks and who doesn't love fullbacks pat ricard pro bowl fullback for the baltimore ravens will join us at 5:15. thank you as always tone all right we'll talk to you next week jason lock and four boys and girls his dog is barking copper our dog is barking chessie we will take a break we will have email and jingle when we return i am tony kornheiser you're listening to the tony kornheiser show This is the Stamps.com ad. If you've got a small business, you know there's nothing more valuable than your time, so stop wasting it on trips to the post office. Stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer. Save time and money with Stamps.com. Since 1998, 
Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer and a dog. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you'll be up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it, and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail's ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. There's no risk. And with the promo code TONY, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in Tony, T-O-N-Y, stamps.com, promo code Tony, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Young man, he whines, he does it all the time. Welcome to the TK Show. Emails, faxes, and your notes. You can't use the code if you don't want to buy. But are you doing out here, man? Do you drive a Subaru? <laughs> he doesn't know what he listens for. But every season he'll be better with a monkey. <laughs> a monkey He never shops at the TK store And all he talks about is skipping past The golf talk The golf talk That's Joe Arrow and his daughter Mackenzie How about those pipes? How's that? That's a shot back at any and all of the podcast critics. Turn the dial to the right, people. Still loving the show here. It's the highlight of my workday whenever a new pod drops. Joe Arrow and Mackenzie Arrow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, That's like she, They both can sing. She comes back naturally. That's a wow. Yeah. Wow. You want to do the Bethesda Bagels ad? Yes, thank you. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled, my friend. I guess that's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, yeah, let's talk business, Mike. First of all, you're all done. The Corleone <laughs> family doesn't even have that kind of muscle anymore. The Godfather's sick, right? You're getting chased out of New York by Barzini and the other families. What do you think's going on here? You think you can come to my hotel and take over? I talked to Barzini. I can make a deal with him and still keep my hotel. And you know what happens later to Mo Green's eye? It's gone. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Culpepper, Jason Lockenford, James Carville, and Jeff Ma, host of the podcast, Bet the Process. Thanks to today's sponsors, Simply Safe, Plants to Porch, Stamps.com. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. All right, here's the mail, and it's all about the camper. From Brandon Costello, singer-songwriter in Lexington, Kentucky. I really enjoyed myself playing in D.C. a few days ago. I took the liberty of parking my RV on a residential street so that I and my musician friends have a place to stay when we're in town. I also marked out a spot nearby for Nigel to park his MG when he's carousing with musician types. You're welcome to the RV anytime. Keys under the mat. Mikasa Sukasa. From Greg Dennis. I see you got my 40-foot box of that. Sorry about the Pennsylvania plates. 
From Mike Villarosa in Chicago. Dear Hofwaff, ever see Breaking Bad? Uh, it's Walter White's trailer. By the way, can I just point out there was another email that said, I think there's someone named Heidelberg there. It's not Heidelberg, oh, it's, it's Heisenberg. Yeah. Get it right, mate. Mike Todd, not that Mike Todd in Columbus, Ohio. I loaned my truck to my cousin Eddie the other day. I haven't seen it since. Wonder if you've seen it. Anthony Verna, I'm sorry for dropping off my Airstream on your street. I was going to rent it out on Airbnb. From Justin Winkleman in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Earlier today, I had a front row premium parking space in a parking garage. As I was backing out, I could see a car at the entrance gate, which provided an opportunity to back out safely. Naturally, they waited after the gate lifted to be the new occupant of this premium space I was relinquishing. Then I noticed it was a Subaru. Should have pulled back in and brandished the TK salute and denied them this spot. Asking for a friend. I'll hang up and listen. From John Hill in Denver, Colorado, first time, long time, as a career bureaucrat, I think you'd go about this a better way. Reaching out to your council rep just adds layers. Your best bet is to reach out to D.C. Director of Public Works, Christine Davis. She's a mayoral appointee in Public Works Overseas Parking Appoint, uh, Enforcement. The last thing appointees want is avoidable negative press coverage, especially when something <laughs> is incredibly easy to solve. Yeah. This is not meant for air. Well, it is on air. Everything's on air. Let's save that contact. That's what we do. I oh, saved yes. it. From oh, John yes. Bradshaw. I live in the 20015, and my drive downtown every day takes me along your area. This morning, I saw the trailer as I passed through that intersection of several streets. Your description yesterday did not do justice to this monstrosity. It has a bad partial paint job, so it's an uneven gray and white. It gives off a menacing air. <coughs> Excuse me, it is parked a couple of feet from the curb, so it's also a potential traffic hazard if two cars try to pass it. Your outrage at this situation is fully justified. What could this trailer possibly be doing there? Is it a meth lab? <laughs> anyway, if this happened on my street, I would not only bug Janice George's office, but also my advisory neighborhood commissioner, yes. who should be alerted and should take action on this. Good luck getting the mystery vehicle removed. It was removed in a mystery yes. in the middle of the night. It's gone. From Kenny Ray in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I know a guy who can take care of that 40-foot trailer parked in front of your house. He said in return that someday, and that they may never come, <laughs> he will call upon you to do a service for him. Let me know if you're interested. Chief in Somerville, Massachusetts. Do you think the trailer parked on your street has heated toilet seats? <laughs> Probably no. not. Uh, sincerely, small-town boy in almost D.C., Chris Gardner. After moving to Gainesville, Virginia in June, I discovered the new game people play here of Hide the Boat. <laughs> I'd never played this game living in the South, where the yards are bigger and the driveways are longer, albeit sometimes not paved. Apparently here in the large urban center of Washington, many people enjoy a rousing round of hide the boat. My next door neighbor has a large boat that would fit nicely in his driveway and would certainly fit in front of his house at the curb. But that's not where he parks it. He likes to park it on various streets in our neighborhood, in front of other people's houses. And he moves it around every day or two so that the boat is always in front of a different house. I've spotted it at the local shopping mall, abandoned at the outer netherlands of the parking lot. He puts a tremendous amount of time and effort into moving and repositioning the boat almost daily. So my family has made a game out of find the boat. As we are driving around our neighborhood or local shopping establishments, we see who can find the boat first, knowing that the boat is hiding somewhere nearby. I've even had a very large man accost me while mowing with a push mower, wanting to know if I was the owner of the large boat parked in front of his house. And this man was huge and looked like a former WWF wrestler. So I pointed with a quivering hand at my neighbor's house. He marched over and pounded on the door. And 
they never answered. However, they did get two pit bull dogs to protect them after that, to save them from the angry townspeople who might come to their door, wanting them to move the boat. So my suggestion to you, Mr. Tony, is just relax and enjoy the game of hide the trailer. Well, that is after we teach the trailer owner that you are supposed to move the trailer around to make the game more enjoyable. Maybe a tow truck could help initiate the game properly, and then the owner himself could enjoy a round of hide the trailer. From Shad, a haiku, 40-foot trailers, sloppy Hondas, and dead guys. There's no place like home. <clears throat> Ryan, Mercer, Pennsylvania. What would you rather have on the street, a car with a dead person, a 40-foot trailer, or a Subaru? And from Jeff Tiggett, who we dearly love, if your city council call goes unanswered, suggest you leave a second message reminding them dead bodies have previously been found on your street. Then calculate the number of corpses that could conceivably be found in the trailing, <laughs> comparing it to the size of the prior offending vehicle. You'll probably want to bring in Gary for this story problem, problem calculation. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Who's your favorite pitcher? Max Scherzer. What does Max Scherzer do? Thanks. Who's your favorite batter? Soto. Soto? Uh. When we would sit on the beach and watch the waves crash on the shore And we're both wearing cheap sunglasses we bought Still not mine And I don't want you to 
You love the girl, you love the man who slipped away under the sign. Open your eyes and you'll understand who broke your back, the gender man. We are only learning to die. We are only learning to die. When you land it all, when you were five, holding your breath, gotta stay alive. Escape from the heat under fire. Learning to love my uncle Sam. We are only learning to die. We are only learning to Understand. Who broke your back, ginger man?